Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. I'm E.G. Marshall. In his Psalm of Life, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow says, Trust no future, howe'er pleasant. Let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present. The trouble is that the past so often refuses to stay in its place, and the dead invade the living present, or at least the memory of them does, to shadow both it and the future. As you will find out if you listen to this particular tale. Wait a minute, Buck. Are you suggesting that Joe Coslow had anything to do with Pete Stein's death? That's what I've got to talk to you about. Because Andy Hassler and Tom Pierce also died on that same date. I want to tell you, buddy, I am scared stiff. I figure one of us has got to be next. mystery drama, This Deadly Fraternity, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Jack Grimes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Who wants to guide you? Books are their business. Check out the library. It's filled with success stories. A public service message from the American Library Association and this station. so very long ago, a bank was a temple, a hallowed place of mystery. Its high priests were the executive officers in three-button vested suits cut from conservative surge. The gleaming marble floors echoed one's footsteps, which rang hollowly over the hushed whisper of the business of transacting money. Most banks are very different today. In the hustle of advertising, the giveaways, the constant battle to win depositors. But not all. Some remain just as forbidding. As, for example, the First Continental Bank of Cleveland, whose president is the formidable M.J. Trimble. Yes, Miss Proud. Who? Harold Clark? Oh, Clark. Clark, yes. Yes, send him in. Come in, come in. You uh, wish to see me, Mr. Trimble? Oh, yes, come in. Close the door. Uh, Yes, sir. Now then, uh, how's everything going along at mortgages and loans, Clark? Uh, Well, all right, I uh, I think. Uh, Have I I done something wrong? I don't know, Clark, have you? No, sir. Well, I mean, why bring up such nonsense? I just asked a friendly question. It so happens that for a certain reason, I find I have an interest in you. Uh, how long have you been with us now? Uh, just a little under a year. Uh, came over to us from Metro Bank, I believe. Ah, uh, that's right, sir. Uh huh. After seven years. <laughs> Certainly took time for you to see the error of your ways. 
I mean, after all, we Holcroft men should stick together. Yeah, sir? Uh, your college, Clark, your college. Didn't you graduate from Holcroft? Well, yeah, yes, Mr. Trimble, I did. Well, there you are. So did I. Uh, I know that, sir. You're one of our most distinguished alumni. Oh, well. <laughs> you get as old as I am, they have to say something nice about you. What was your fraternity? Yeah, why, well, uh, I uh, sort of dropped out, sir. Oh, I'm disappointed to hear that, Clark. Best days of a man's life. What was your affiliation? Uh, Tau Alpha Gamma. Well, then we'll have to see what we can do about reinstating you. You're going up to homecoming, of course. Are you going, Mr. Trimble? Oh, I wouldn't miss it. Haven't missed one in 36 years. Come to think of it, I don't remember ever seeing you at any of them. Well, I'll tell you the truth, sir. I've never been to one. Oh, it's a shame. Now, you come up this year. We'll see what we can do about making you a Tau Alpha Gamma again. Uh, y y yes, sir. So, how nice to have had this talk. That's all, Mr. Trimble? Yes, yes. I just wanted to get acquainted with a fellow collegiate. Sorry it took so long. You get back once a year to see the old alma mater. Keep up the good work here, and we'll be glad to have you aboard. See what's got you in such a lather, Harry. Helen, I just got through telling you. So your boss suggests you should go off on a little jaunt to your college homecoming. What's so terrible? He didn't suggest. It's a, it's an order. All right. If it'll keep the old boy happy, it's no skin off your back, is it? You might even have a good time. I won't have a good time. All right, then. Don't go. If I want to keep my job, I've got to go. That's the message I got today, loud and clear. Nonsense. Oh, it's true. Sometimes I wonder about you, Harry. Huh? Honey, what is it makes you so uptight all the time? You're like Chicken Little, always afraid the sky is going to fall on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Helen. I always have the feeling that something haunts you... Way down deep, like it was something you buried a long time ago, and and keep being afraid wouldn't stay that way. Oh, now you're being silly. There's hardly a thing in my life you don't know about. There's nothing wrong with us. I'm terrified there is. What do you mean? Is it because... Because we... Because I've never given you a child? Oh, come on, honey. We've had that out long ago. One of these days... Oh, come on, honey. When it's meant to, it'll happen. Now, in the meantime, who's complaining? I guess maybe I am. Oh. I find it gets sort of lonely around the house days, and now that you're going off on a weekend jaunt with the big boss and, and starting to plan nights out with the boys... Hey, hey, hold on. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not going with MJ. I ought to get there by myself and... And what's all this about going out nights with the boys? Well, isn't one of the ideas you're going to join up with your old fraternity again? No. But I thought that was part of M.J. Trimble's master plan for you. I don't want to have anything more to do with Tal Alpha. Why? Didn't you have a good time there? No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's not my style. 
I think maybe you ought to make it your style. Look, let's stop talking about it. It, 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 it just doesn't matter. I think it does. No, I'm, 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 I'm not going. Harry, and there's that old bugaboo again. Why are you so afraid of going back to a college you graduated from with honors? It, it, it isn't the college. It's... I'll get it. Mm. Hello? Hello? Uh, Mrs. Clark? Yes. M.J. Trimble here. I wonder if I can speak to your husband. How do you do, Mr. Trimble? Uh, 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 of course. Uh, it'll just take a moment to get him. He's in the other room. Who is it? Why did you say I was in the other room? It's Mr. Trimble. And I wanted to give you a chance to think before you talk to him. Why? What, what does he want? I don't know. But before you answer him, think, darling. Oh, for heaven's sake, Helen. Give, give me the phone. Uh, hello, Mr. Trimble. Clark, Boomer Johansson just called me. And he won't be able to make it next week. He'll be out of the country on State Department business. You remember the old Boomer? Yeah, well, I, I, I don't believe I... class of 38. Mm. Yes, Mr. Tremble, that's that's very kind of you, sir. Uh, nothing at all, my boy. Just gives you a notion what a fraternity brother can mean to you. <laughs> Especially a big one. Now, I'll have my secretary give you the flight time and any other pertinent details. Well, what happened? Well, he hung up. What do you want? He wants to fly me up to the homecoming. And you accepted I didn't know how not to. Oh, honey, I'm glad you did. I promise you, you'll never regret it. I sure hope so. Well, almost there. Look familiar to you, Clark? I, yeah, I thought of Mr. Trimble. It's a... Uh... It's a little different from the air. Yeah. Well, there's the lake off your left. Uh-huh. And up on the bluff beyond it, there's our alma mater. <laughs> and we'll be coming on in right over Devil's Leap on our landing pattern. Devil's Leap? Yeah. You ever have to scale that southeast pace there? Uh, no, sir. I never did. Oh, that used to be one of the big features of Hell Week. <laughs> I cut it out some years ago, probably before your time. Well, maybe they were right. A couple of weak sisters took some bad falls there. One of them was killed, I think. Still in all, there's a real thrill for a fellow to climb that bleak old rock face. Ah, give you a sense of power and belief in yourself. And I suppose they took it easier on you in your day. The hazing, I mean. Now, sir, it's... Pretty tough. Uh, you minded that? Oh, no, sir, I didn't. Not then. Oh, look, look there. Look, well, what's that, sir? Don't you recognize it? Right near the bluff? Last house on the road there. That's the old tower of the house. <laughs> recognize her now? And I'll never forget it. Clark, 
No, not yet, Mr. Trimble. Oh, well, you will. I'll have to leave you now. I've got a meeting of the Board of Governors over at the old frat house. <laughs> I'll put in a good word for you. Uh, where are you staying? Uh, Ralston House. Fine, fine. You check for a message from me before you turn in. With any luck, it'll be word that you're reinstated without prejudice to membership in Tower Alpha Gamma. Now, you look for that message. Oh, brother. Hey, Harry! Hmm? Is that you, old Harry the Horse? But, Buckstat? Well, for Pete's sake. <laughs> I was wondering when I'd run into somebody I knew. Oh, you're a sight for sore eyes. Hey, where have you been keeping yourself all these years? Uh, working, getting married, you know. Yeah, how about you? Oh, I was married. But it didn't take. No kids. You? Uh-uh. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, just as well. What does that mean? No. Forget it. This isn't the place. But uh, later, I, I gotta talk to you. I, I, I'm glad I found you here. Uh, I don't know why I came. There's many memories. Any of the others here? No, we're all at left, Terry. What? What about Tom Pierce? Oh, he, he died a couple of years ago. Drowned. Gosh. Uh, uh, Andy Hassler? Oh, he's gone. He fell off a building. Jumped, some people say. Well, wasn't he in real estate? Yeah, yeah. He uh, died three years ago. And, uh, well, we might as well get it over with as fast as possible. Um, Pete Stein died in the hospital after an appendicitis attack last year. Well, that only leaves Joe Coswell. Uh, any idea what happened to him? I, um, I uh, lost track of him after the army busted him. Busted him? Mm. He stuck the uh, killer in the brig. Silly old nicknames. For what? For manslaughter. He uh, half killed a recruit. <laughs> His nickname wasn't so silly. And the leopard never changes his spots, I guess. Is he still in the brig? No. I don't know. Um, well, uh, after Pete Stein, um, got his, I, um, I got an army buddy to check for me. Coslow's stretch was over September 28, 1976. Seventeen days before Pete died. October 15th. October 15th. That's the same day that Phil Fowler... Yeah. Oh, are you... Are you suggesting that the killer had anything to do with Pete's death? Well, that's what I got to talk to you about. Because Andy and Tom died on the same day, too. I'm going to tell you, I'm scared stiff, Harry. I figure one of us has got to be next. What do you suppose happened to six members of the class of 34 at Holcroft College that would make them candidates for sudden death? I did promise you that the dead past is going to invade the present, and it seems as if it has, with a vengeance. Now, was that just a cliche phrase or prophetic? I shall return shortly with Act Two. It's a bright fall afternoon in late October, mild and balmy. 
the last rosy glow of Indian summer. But as Harry Clark strolls under the profusion of red-gold leaves along a winding, deserted path on the campus, icy fingers clutch at his insides. His old classmate, Buck Stanley, is reeling out a string of coincidence and conjecture, building to a conclusion that shakes him to the core. For what Buck is saying confirms the premonition that has dogged him all the way up on this trip to the past. Now get off, Buck. What are you trying to give me? A warning, Harry. At the very least. What? That, that I'm next on the hit list? It has to be you or me. Oh, come on. What kind of rib is this? Look, Harry, there were six of us in on it. Only one of us took any kind of real rap for it. The killer. He got bounced from school. It wrecked his life. And you want to tell me that he's coming back for revenge on all of us? It... Nah, it, it just won't wash, Buck. Why not? First off, because... Well, the way you tell it, there wasn't a shred of evidence that Pete and Andy and Tom's deaths were anything but natural. Except that each one of them died on the 15th of October, each just one year apart, and all of them after Joe Coslow was sprung out of the brig. Plus one other thing. You know what the 15th of October is. Yeah, I'm not likely to forget. So? You, uh, said that Tom Pierce was drowned. How? Now, all I know is what I got from the newspaper story I looked up in the library. He drowned in his pool. What about Andy? I I didn't see anything about him. Where did he fall from? Oh, some two-bit hotel. They kind of hushed it up as much as possible. I I, uh, went to the funeral. You remember he married Sarah Templeton? He did? Yeah. Yeah, She took it pretty bad. I, I, uh... I got the notion he'd been messing around with some other dame. Suicide? I thought so then. Well, now you don't think he jumped. You think he was pushed. Yep. And you don't think Tom just drowned by accident. You think the killer helped him somehow. Yep. If you don't believe it was an accident, it, it, it could have been suicide also, couldn't it? It could. And Pete, a, a ruptured appendix. You can't make murder out of that. They all died on the same date, Harry. Now, how far can you stretch coincidence? It doesn't have to be coincidence. Let, let's be sensible. Let, look, after what happened, none of us were ever quite the same. We've all carried our own guilt feelings, I guess. I know I have. About Phil Fowler. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never get that kid out of my mind. Neither could Andy and Tom, it looks like. You're telling me they took their own lives because they were remorseful or something? (sighs) All your old army buddy told you was that the killer was supposed to be released on September 28th, 76. We don't know he was. For all we know, he could have been kept in another year or anything. Do you know where he was in the brig? Well, in Germany, I guess. That's where he was stationed. Ah, you see? Now, isn't it crazy? He, he, he could get back to the States within 17 days and somehow manage to knock off Tom in his own pool. And why would he wait a whole year to go after Andy? And another one for Pete, if he'd been nursing a grudge all this time. Like I say, Buck, you're flipping your lid over nothing. It just doesn't hold water. Okay, okay, you win. Harry, I want to believe you. You, you. you could be right. You make a lot of sense. Keeping a thing like this bottled up, I... 
I suppose a guy does get wacky ideas. And that, um, that killer Koslow. Yeah, he uh, made the same impression on me, but we were kids then. He, he doesn't scare me anymore. You enjoy your weekend on the old campus, son. Well, I don't know if I can quite tell you, Mr. Trimble, how much. <laughs> Teach you to stay away from homecomings, eh? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you look a whale of a lot better than when you came up. You feel better? Yes, I do, sir. I got a lot of things straightened out in my head. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something frankly, Harry. When I put up your name for reinstatement and they opened the books for me... I was shaken. Here I was, sponsoring or trying to sponsor someone who walked out on us in the middle of his sophomore year. Now, don't don't interrupt me. You know me. I, I couldn't leave it like that. So I started digging. And the whole story came out. About Phil Fowler. Yes. Unfortunate thing. Terrible thing. Nobody's fault. Or if anyone's the culprit was suitably punished for it, that should be the end of it. It's a matter I hope is closed for the rest of my life. Oh, darling. Darling, I can't tell you how happy and delighted I am. About what? You. Is there something new with me? You know there is. Ever since you came back from your big rah-rah weekend, you've been a different person. You're the man I married again. What happened up there, Harry? Where? At dear old Holcroft. Uh, something I do have to tell you, Helen, someday. Why not now? No, not yet. Going back, I got a couple of things in perspective, at least. I uh, should have gone back years ago, and it mightn't have haunted me so much. I don't want it to start haunting me again. Mm, why don't you tell me? Oh, okay, uh, let me turn off the radio. When I went to Holcroft, there was a guy two classes ahead of me called Joe Coslow. He looked like uh, King Kong. I was scared of him. Well, we were all scared of him. He could have broken any of us in two. We called him Killer Coslow. Hmm. Wasn't he a football player? Yeah. Holcroft's only two-time All-American, a, a fullback. The, the, the guy was a, a, a twisted, terrifying bully. I ought to know. He was the one who put me and all my closest friends through our hazing when we were bid to towel off a gamma. He was a fraternity brother of yours? We belonged to the same fraternity. He was no brother. He was just what he was nicknamed. A killer. You mean he hurt you? <laughs> Tom Pierce, Sandy Hassler, Pete Stein, Buck Stanley, me. And we all had scars enough to prove that, but they don't matter. They didn't last. Phil Fowler wasn't so lucky. I don't think I've ever heard you mention him. Oh, you haven't. I've been too ashamed to. 
Why? Because we killed Phil. All six of us killed him. Well, what do you mean? Five of us were sophomores. Killer was a senior. He organized all the hazing. He, he liked that. And he had everyone so intimidated we were scared to question him. It, it, it was the end of Hell Week and Phil Fowler was freshman pledged to us. We were the fraternity to belong to on our campus. And to get in, any kid was ready to bust his butt. So the killer was going to make sure he did. Over our objections, he decreed Phil had to go through a trial by fire. What does that mean? Well, he made Phil strip and told us all to light cigarettes. Then he told Phil we were going to grind them out on his bare skin after he was blindfolded. Oh, the rest of you went along with that? It, it was a trick, Helen, just mental suggestion. All we'd have done was touched him with a piece of ice. I don't understand. A power of suggestion. You're conditioned the victim so that he thinks he's being burned. But just the same, none of us wanted to go through with it. And did you? No. Because Phil was so scared that while we were arguing, he ran for the door and took off into the night. Did you go after him? You're darn right. Listen, it was October 15th. We'd had a cold snap that year and it was below freezing. And Phil was in his birthday suit. You found him and, and dragged him back? We didn't find him. It was a pitch black night and there were thick woods between the fraternity house and the lake. The whole killer was fit to be tied, but we were all relieved till the next morning. The next morning? There's a bluff called the Devil's Leap right near the Tau Alpha house. It's a 200-foot drop to the lake shore. They found Phil there with a broken neck. In the dark, he must have run right off the cliff. Oh, how awful. Ah, there was an investigation. Very hush-hush, of course. And the verdict was accidental death. Only it wasn't. We killed him. But you didn't. It was all that killer Coslow's fault. Well, that's what the chancellor and the deans decided. Tom and me and the others were allowed to stay on at college. Coslow was expelled. He promised us all he'd be back someday to get even with us. But he never did. No. I, I kept thinking he would, but as the years went by, I accepted it as just a threat. And that's what you told your friend Buck? Because I believed it. Then. You don't believe it now? No. I, I've carried the guilt too long. I'm terrified that somehow it's going to catch up with me. How? I, I don't know. If the 15th comes and goes, then maybe I can relax. And if it doesn't? Well, there's a 50-50 chance I won't be around to worry. Because if Joe Coslow is on the loose and out for revenge, it's only a question which one of us will be first. Buck Stanley? Or me? And though circuitous and obscure, the feet of Nemesis, how sure. 
Those are the lines of the Victorian poet Sir William Watson. And Nemesis is the ancient Greek goddess of retribution who takes many forms. Is the form, in this case, the hulking figure of the brooding, brutal killer, Kozlo? I shall return shortly with Act Three. Omar Khayyam wrote, "'Tis all a checkerboard of nights and days, where destiny with men for pieces plays." That seems totally contradictory to the American belief in free choice. Yet, when you come right down to -to day-to-day living, how many of us have the strength to exercise it? Instead, in common with people all over the rest of the world, we find ourselves prisoners of the past and hostages to our future, as Harry Clark finds himself now. Mm. Harry. Harry? Uh. Mm. Seven o'clock. Time to get up. Uh. I don't want to get up. You don't want to be late for the bank, do you? I didn't mean because of the bank. I'm afraid to get up. Why? Oh, you know what date this is? I know. Darling. Uh, What? Promise me something. What? I know the day has got to be lived through. But once we're through with this 15th of October, can we please wash it out of our lives for good? Yeah, I hope. I hope as much as you that we can. Will you be late tonight? Yeah, probably. I'll be reconciling the books and we'll all be locked in the cage till they prove out. That's good. Hmm? You'll be safe. Hello? Oh, uh, uh, hello. Is, uh, this Mrs. Clark? That's right. Uh, this is, uh, Buck. I'm, uh, uh, I'm an old friend of your husband's. Oh, yes, I know. Uh, We've been talking a lot about you. I, uh, don't mean to be rude, Mrs. Clark, but this isn't a social call. Is, uh, Harry there? No, I'm sorry. He's at the bank. Oh, um, well, look, could you give me the number? Mm, It wouldn't do any good. You couldn't reach him. Oh, when can I reach him? Well, I could give him a message as soon as he gets home. All right. Uh, tell him to call immediately. I'll be waiting. Uh, my number here is code 901-555-5111. I'm in uh, uh, Toledo. Do you have that? Uh, Yes. Uh, Any message? Tell him it is literally a matter of life and death. Tell him that he's turned up again. That we were wrong. It isn't over and done with. Not by a long shot. What do you mean? Hello? Hello, Mr. Stanley? Mr. Stanley, can you hear me? What's happened? What time did Buck call? About four o'clock. It's almost six now. He didn't say what it was all about? Harry, I told you all he said. What did he mean by he's turned up again? Well, who else could it be but Joe Coslow? Then why didn't he just say that? Well, I suppose because 
Well, he didn't think I would know what he was referring to. Uh, maybe. Why doesn't he answer? Buck? Who is this? Is this Buck Stanley's wire? Yes. Who wants to talk to him? Well, this is a friend of his from Cleveland. What's the name? Uh, Harry Clark. Who? Who's this? Uh, this is Detective Sergeant Kennelly, Mr. Clark. I'm afraid you can't talk to Mr. Stanley. Why not? Because he's dead. Dead? How? Well, I can't answer that all the way. We just got here. All I know so far is he was shot with a 45 caliber revolver, Army issue. You mean he... He took his own life? Well, I can't tell you that either. Uh, sir, do you have any reason to suspect he might not have? That, uh, someone else was involved? Well, I hope that any suspicions I might have are wrong. Where would I find you in Toledo, Detective Kennelly? At the 17th Precinct, but... Uh... Uh, I, I'd rather drive to Toledo and discuss that in person. What's happened? It's Buck Stanley. He's dead. How? That policeman on the phone said suicide. Oh, well, so why do you have to go to Toledo? To see for myself, Helen. Darling... This whole thing has become an obsession with you. Oh, I, I, I don't blame you. It was a terrible thing, that young boy meeting his death the way he did. But it was an accident. An accident that would never have happened if he hadn't been scared out of his wits. You are just determined to punish yourself for what happened, Harry. No matter what I say. Now, it's psychotic to carry such a guilt. It's, it's an obsession. Never mind about me, Helen. Let's just stick to killer Joe Coslow. Whatever remorse he feels about that poor kid, Phil Fowler, is all swallowed up in his fixation that he took the whole blame and we railroaded him. If anyone has an obsession, it's him. And if I'm right, I have to be the next because I'm the only one left. Do you want him to kill me, too? No. All right, then somehow he's got to be stopped. That's why Toledo. To see if I can get the police to do it. Because if I can't... If you can't. Then I'll have to find him wherever he is and... kill him first. Ah, uh, you can see for yourself, Mr. Clark. It's a classical suicide picture. He was seated at the desk. The bullet was directed directly to the brain. Death was instantaneous. The gun dropped from his hand to the floor... And there are no other prints on it than those of the deceased. <laughs> I'm afraid you've had a long trip for nothing. In spite of what I told you? Yeah, we're checking all through that now. But uh, to the best of our knowledge, there was no one like the man you described in Mr. Clayton's acquaintance. And we have no reason to suspect anything except death by his own hand. You're absolutely sure of that? Mr. Clark, in my business, you learn to be absolutely sure of nothing. We live by a series of educated guesses. So you're just going to let this go at that? No, sir. I don't close any files till I'm certain. But because of you, this one's going to remain open until... Until what? Well, until we check out this Joseph Coslow of yours. Are you working on that now? Mr. Clark, I'm only one detective sergeant in the Toledo police force. I got all I can handle with my own local problems. But... For your information and my own, I am checking. 
But I can't do what you want me to do. Get results yesterday or even today. You're just going to have to wait till tomorrow. And the best I can promise you is I'll uh, stay on it and keep in touch. It's awfully important to me. You drew me a picture. I believe my life depends on it. Sir, if I get word, I'll be in touch. And if I don't hear from you? Then we're both out of answers. And that's what we got to live with. Yes? Uh, Mrs. Clark, I'm M.J. Trimble. Oh, yes, from, from the bank. Uh, won't you come in? Thank you, my dear. I uh, <clears throat> just wanted to have a few words with your husband. Oh, I'm so sorry. Harry isn't here. Oh, he's not? Uh, well, uh, do you expect him home soon? I'm afraid not. He had to, uh, he had to drive to Toledo. Oh, well, then you don't expect him back tonight. I don't know. Uh, I'm waiting to hear from him. Uh, What took him so suddenly to Toledo? Well, he got news that an old friend, a fraternity brother of his, had died. Joe Coslow? Oh, no, his name was Buck Stanley. Uh, But why would you mention Joe Coslow? I had some news about him, and I thought your husband would like to hear. What? Well, let me explain a little first. When I dragooned your husband into going up with me for homecoming, I, I had no idea what sad memories our fraternity had for him. Subsequently, I found out. In proposing him to return to our membership, the story came out. That a young boy died. Yes. And who did you conclude was responsible for that, Mr. Trimble? Well, if anyone, I'm ashamed to say the system... Well, that's a generous admission, but how does it help anyone who was the victim of the system, like my husband? Well, since I'm part of the hierarchy, what else can I do but accept that the basic guilt is mine? Well, it would be a little late to tell Harry that. He's borrowed all the guilt for himself. Well, that's ridiculous, and it's why I'm here tonight. Oh? I wanted to tell Harry that the man who created this whole issue in the first place is dead. Joe Coslow? Yes. He's been dead for the last five years. How? Well, there was a fire in the jailhouse in which he was assigned two days before his sentence was up. In 1976, he died in that fire. Are you sure? There's no doubt. His body was identified through dental work and fingerprints, bone scans. Joe Coslow is dead. I wish there were some way I could get in touch with your husband. Maybe there is. We could call him through that sergeant of police at the precinct in Toledo. Yeah, this is Detective Sergeant Kennelly. Oh, Mrs. Clark, yeah, sure. Well, no, no, your husband was here, but he left to drive home to Cleveland over an hour ago. What? No. Well, uh, we talked about the guy, Coslow, but neither of us knew he was dead. He he wanted me to look into that, but to tell you the truth, I uh, told him I would just to keep him happy. 
Oh, well, because it was an open and shut case of suicide. No way it could have been murder, no matter how much your husband wanted to make it look that way. Right? What do I mean by that? Well, uh, let me just lay it on the line, Mrs. Clark. Uh, your husband has a guilty conscience for something that happened all them years ago. And he'd like to lay the blame off on somebody else. Only it don't work that way. That's something he's got to learn to face. to let him know I was on my way home. Huh? It's too late now. I don't want to stop in this weather. Perhaps it's just as well, Harry. Phil Fowler. What are you doing here in the car? It's still not quite midnight, Harry. This is my one day on Earth each year. So it was you... It never was Joe Coslow who was looking for revenge. It was you all the time. Quite right, Harry. You killed them all. Oh, no. Correction, please. They destroyed themselves. Just as all of you destroyed me. What did you mean when you said it was just as well I hadn't stopped to call Helen to tell her I was coming home? Isn't that obvious? You're never going to get home. Let you stop me. Oh, I won't stop you. You'll do that yourself. What do you mean? You've lived with it for over 15 years, Harry. Just like the others. You know there's only one way you'll ever get rid of what haunts you. How? I never managed to join your fraternity. Instead... I ask you to join mine. It's the only way you'll ever know peace. There were many tragic automobile accidents on the night of that October 15th. Highway police had issued a traffic advisory because of weather conditions. Harry Clark's death from the skid that sent him hurtling through the guardrail and into the ravine below was only another statistic. But was it an accident? Or was he called just as all the others who bore the guilt for a boy's death so many years before? I'll be back shortly. I'm Susan Anton. It's a good Soft is the ultimate in sleep. Unique, extra thick cushioning for heavenly comfort on top. Ultra firm support inside. Perfect sleeper pillow soft. Firmness that feels good. Be a perfect sleeper. Buy a perfect sleeper. Perfect sleeper. Buy a Behind the blueberry face. Under the chocolate shade. Beneath the cool, the mist, the drop. And the watermelon grin. 
Wetlands Moist Owlettes can help you find your beautiful child at the beach. Little hands and faces can get mighty sticky in the summertime, but Wet Ones go where you go for fast cleanups. Wet Ones clean better than anything dry. Wet Ones, behind every messy face and hands, there's a beautiful child. I can't wait to meet your daughter, sir. Well, I'll call her Evie. What? C- come here, would you? It's better be good. She's got a lot of spots. Yes. What is it? Evie, I'd like you to meet a nice young man. I'm afraid her cream rinse makes her hair a little greasy. May I suggest agree? Of course you'd agree. All you have to do is look at her. No, no. Agree cream rinse and conditioner. It helps stop the greasies. Really? Sure. After I shampoo, I use agree cream rinse and conditioner. And, and it, it helps stop the greasies. Right. Gee, it sounds like I would like agree, too. Well, agree cream rinse and conditioner is 99% oil-free. Evie, stop crying. I'll go get some agree. And after you use it, I'll drive you to the movies, okay, Evie? No. Why not? Because you got a creepy car. What? It's a brown station wagon. Some conditioners contain oils that can cause the greasies. But Agree Cream Rinse and Conditioner is 99% oil-free. And try Agree Shampoo. It helps stop the greasies, too. I'm glad you decided to come to the movie. Your hair looks great. Thank you. And I love your station wagon. Was our story one of deep remorse or inexorable fate? I don't know. I leave you only with another quote from Omar Khayyam. The moving finger writes, and having writ, moves on. Nor all the piety nor wit shall lure it back to cancel half a line, nor all your tears wash out a word of it. Our cast included Jack Grimes, Malika Gray, Court Benson, and Russell Horton. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.